0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: But, you know, we live in the age right now with all these, you know, demonic possession and everything else. Satan has a counter for everything that God has. When you are born again, the Spirit comes inside of you and he possesses you. You become a possession of God. You go from outside the kingdom to inside the kingdom. You go from being an, from an enemy to being family, and the Holy Spirit takes resonance in you and gives you new ability, new power, new resources. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in
1: the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life
0: Hello and welcome to the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've joined us today for the broadcast, and as we always do, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith continues his study in Romans 8, entitled New Life. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us today to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: Well, let's uh, turn in our Bibles to uh, Romans 8, 1 through 17. Let me open us with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. It gives us hope. It, it informs our thinking. I'm reminded, Lord, that Christianity is a thoughtful religion. It's a religion of the ear. Faith comes by our hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And It's not just an emotional thing, because emotions wear out and they don't last, but wisdom and knowledge from your word is eternal. And so as we think about all that we have in Christ and how salvation changes everything, let us praise you today with our hearts and our minds and our lips and our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember, as if it were yesterday, the first funeral that I ever preached. Almost 20 years ago, more like 18, I was... I was nervous, and I, I can't tell you how nervous I was. It was, after all, my first funeral service, and there were complications. The first complication was was that the decedent's family did not want me to preach that service. They wanted someone, they wanted sort of a comedian kind of guy, and uh, I think I'm funny, but I'm not a comedian. So, And so they didn't want me to preach, but the, the person who died had asked me before they died if I would preach their Their funeral, and so I reminded this family that this was their mother's request, and so they acceded to that request, albeit reluctantly. The second complicating factor was uh, in addition to being my first funeral, it was my mother's funeral, and those are two impediments that really kind of weigh on you. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to get through that service. And so I had to fly from Los Angeles, California, to Savannah, Georgia, and I remember sitting there. They had me off to the side, and sometimes in the South, in in certain funeral scenarios, you have the family here and like a a, a, something that blocks off their view, and then you have all the people here. And so I was seated up on the stage with with another pastor who was going to give an opening prayer, and I was going to preach the sermon. I remember my heart pounding. And I, I thought, I thought, if there's ever a chance for me to have a heart attack, it's going to be now. I could hear it pounding in my ears. I, I felt weak. I felt faint. I had told the uh, organist who was playing, look, when, when, when song X ends, if I don't stand up immediately, play it again, Sam. And, and hopefully I'll stand up at the end of it the second time. Sure enough, and she was a believer. I was thankful that she was there. She finished, she looked over at me, and I didn't budge, and so she played it again. And I knew I didn't want her to play it again and again and again, and so the second time around, I struggled to my feet, and I got up to preach. Many years ago, I used to box. I like boxing. I don't do it anymore. But every so often when you box, you get your bells rung. That means somebody hits you really hard in the head. And when that happens... Everything kind of slows down and you have sort of this like out of body experience where you're just sitting back and watching this thing play out before you. That's what I was going through at that funeral that day. I got up into the pulpit, the platform. I could hear my heart beating in my ear. I opened my Bible. Everything seemed to move in slow motion. You know how that goes. I looked into the crowd. I read the text. I announced the text, First John five, eleven, and 12. My older brother swore out loud people could hear him. It's funny the things that go through your mind at a time like that. And I remember just scanning the audience thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? And I looked and then there was this face in the back of the room. I could see this face because his eyes were as big as saucers and he looked like he was going to faint himself. And we locked eyes and I stared at him and he stared at me and then he slid down in the chair and it was the face of my childhood friend. Jimmy Anestas I'd known him from second grade through college and that sort of kind of snapped me out of it for a moment because it, it was almost I, I thought I was gonna laugh just for that second because he looked like he was about to die and I thought gee he's worse off than I am <clears throat> and then I looked around the room one more time and realized that what was sta- seated before me was either an evangelist's dream or a preacher's nightmare because everybody that in my neighborhood that I had grown up with neighbors friends Uh, they were all there all of them and I preached the message and when the message was over I came down from the platform and as we prepared to head for the you know you have the the limo and the hearse and everything my friend rushed down to me and said can I give you a ride from the graveside service to the wake because that because it's kind of a universal truth Christians everywhere like to eat after you know and so there were Christians there that day not many and so I said sure and so we, we did the funeral service there. We did the graveside service. Uh, and, uh, as, and he rushed up to me and put me in the car. And as we started to drive away, and when I fastened my seatbelt and he fastened his, he looked at me and goes, I'm not going to quote him exactly because we're in church, but what in the world happened to you? How, how did you get this way? Because when he knew me, I was a hard drinking, foul mouthed little pagan. And I just looked at him and I said, You know what? Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything and I shared the gospel with him and we drove to the wake and I had the occasion to tell him that new life in Christ means a a new you and a new world and a new way of thinking and that's what we're going to talk about today in Romans 8 1 through 17 new life new you new world the life in the spirit changes everything Romans chapter 8 is about life in the spirit the whole chapter is all about that and it looks at it from different perspectives and different angles It's about the born-again life, the life in Christ, the new creation, and the new world that comes with salvation. Because when you're a Christ follower, when you are born again, you change, and your attitude toward God changes, and your attitude toward the world around you changes, and you're never the same again. And why is that? I hate to put it quite this way, but you know, we live in the age right now with all these, you know, possession movies and demonic movies, and you have demonic possession and everything else. Satan has a counter for everything that God has. When you are born again, the Spirit comes inside of you, and he possesses you. You become a possession of God. You go from outside the kingdom to inside the kingdom. You go from being an, from an enemy to being family, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you and gives you new ability, new power, new resources. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because when you are a new creation, all things begin to change. And sometimes it's bittersweet because you have to say goodbye to people, places, and things that you really can't afford to go to, be with, or embrace. That's what Jesus talked about. If your eye offends you, pluck it out and throw it away. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Because you have to detach and discard things that are no longer or should no longer be part of your life. And these old habits and relationships die hard and sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's hard, but it's all good because God has intervened in your life and your life will never be the same. So with that in mind, I'd like us to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 1-17. through 17. I'm going to read it here. You can follow along in your Bibles or your iPhones or your smartphones or your tablets. Life in the Spirit changes everything. There is now, therefore, no condemnation... Those who are of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him. We could spend months unpacking that passage, but what we see here is new life, new world and how God changes everything. When we were born again, when we became Christ followers, everything changed. And I want to talk to you today about why everything changes, what drives those changes, what causes those changes. And when you look into this text, you can see that there are three factors that change us, three factors that together bring about a supernatural change that never leaves us the same. And these changes he makes change our world, our lives, our appetites, and our eternal destinies. Three factors. And the first factor is this one. New life, new position. New life, new position. Your position relative to the kingdom of God changes you when you are born again. When you are in Christ, before you are born again, you are outside the kingdom. You are outside the camp. You are outside the family. You are outside the grace of God. You are a slave to sin and death. But when you became a born-again Christian, when you became a Christ follower, you have a new position We see that in verses 1 through 3 in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh. We are no longer imprisoned by our fallen nature. We are no longer in chains enslaved to sin because Christ has set us free. In Christ, in his kingdom, in his family, our relationship with God and eternity has been changed. It's like uh, relocating from one community to another. It's like uh, moving into a new country with a new culture and new practices. Our status relative to the world, relative to others, relative to God, changes and so does our perspective and our focus. Everything changes. We are in Christ, in his household, in his kingdom, no longer outsiders. We are now insiders and it changes our thinking. We begin to put away childish things and put away, we begin to reprioritize our life around him. This reorientation, this relocation changes our perspective and changes our pursuits. It's why we read this and. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then or since then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also be like him, appear like him in glory. We are hidden with Christ in God. We are in Christ Our position has changed relative to God. We're no longer in opposition, but we are in coalition with him. And we are protected. We are behind his walls, under his watch care, under his protection. And you see this theme in Christ, in Christ throughout the New Testament. You see it in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I'll read some of it to you right now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would, should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through or in Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It's all changed. Our position has changed. Our place in the universe has changed because we are in Christ, in him, attached to him, hidden in Christ with God, secured, relocated, recipients of every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In him we found redemption, grace, and everything changes. We were once alienated, far off, cut off, and now we are with him, in him. We have access. The writer of Hebrews talks about being able to boldly go before the throne of grace, not based on righteousness that we've done, but with with the goodness and grace of God bestowed upon us. It says this in Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God once far off we've been brought near and that proximity to God that closeness to God that intimacy to God that connection with God changes everything it changes us like Moses at the tent of meeting going in and out and his face began to shine and his countenance began to change and people saw it and say what happened to you we read this in Ephesians two thirteen through 18 But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. The wall has been knocked down and we have access to the grace of God. By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through his cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and preached to you who were far off and brought peace to those who were near. For through him, through, in, through him and in him, we both have access to one spirit and the father. We've changed. We've changed We've changed armies. We've changed cultures. We've changed countries. We're citizens of heaven. We are in the kingdom and that nearness produces change. We are not unaffected. We can't be. There's this change in culture, this change in thinking driven by a new spiritual geography or proximity. We have this new position. We are no longer aliens and strangers. Salvation changes everything, particularly our relationship with God the Father leading us to our second change factor. Factor number two, the change in position produces a change in relationship. New life means new relationship, and that's a very good thing indeed. Our relationship to God changes through that nearness. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. We are in Christ, in the family, and near to the Father. And this nearness idea, this in Christ idea, speaks to an intimacy, a connectedness, a relationship with God with the Father. He's no longer our judge. He's our Father. We've gone from enemies to offspring, from creatures to children. We have close connections, new intimacy. It talks about this in Romans eight fourteen through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit, the life in the Spirit changes everything. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For if you did not receive the Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the Spirit of of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba is Aramaic. It's a term of endearment like daddy or papa. It kind of pictures a little boy or a little girl lost in the mall. They didn't have a mall in those days. And reaches out and grabs their daddy's finger and says, Abba, Father, save me. For whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. We're in the family. God is our father. Jesus is like our brother. We are his children. He is our father. And you know what? Dad begins to rub off on us, to influence us, and to change us. Everything begins to change. Things are never the same Again, I'm reminded that Jesus cried, Abba, Father, during his time in the garden. It speaks to dependency. It speaks to protection. It speaks to love. We are no longer aliens and strangers. We are no longer the children of disobedience walking according to the way of the culture of the prince of the power of the air. We are no longer by nature children of wrath, but we are children of God we are his beneficiaries and we'll get into the resources of our inheritance later but we are his children and that changes everything in the ancient culture of that day you were either in the family or you were a hired hand and the rights and privileges were different the closeness the connectedness was different you're, you're no longer guests you're family it's sort of the reverse of the prodigal you know the prodigal comes he's an unbelieving son who's rejected his father, and he says, "I'm no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be your, your father. Your, I'm sorry, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Let me become like one of your hired hands." And the father says, "Nope." He goes, "Put the ring on his finger, put the cloak on his back, put sandals on his feet. My son who was dead is now alive." That's what's going on here, and it changes everything. It changes everything. Jesus talked about this, and he alluded to this after his resurrection. He, Mary Magdalene encounters him, and he said to her in John twenty seventeen to 18, Do not cling to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go tell my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to his disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Look at what he says. Listen to what he says. My Father and your Father. Our relationship with God has changed. He is your father. He is, your, he is the lover of your soul. He wants to raise you up spiritually and mature you. Which takes us back to Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. For he himself is our peace. For through him we have access to the father. This is reconciliation. He goes from judge to daddy. From distant judge to close parent. Abba, father everything changes you know the Abba father idea is daddy I'm afraid daddy I'm scared daddy take care of me daddy 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 And I can tell you sitting there in that funeral that day wondering how I was gonna get up when I felt like I felt like my heart and my chest was gonna explode I knew I wasn't wanted or welcomed and I did not know how in my own strength I could possibly do what I had been asked to do and what I wanted to do but you know what God is faithful God is faithful